Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's going down. Couple topics we're gonna talk about today: the combine, what he's been doing this off season, his goals for the next season, and just sports in general. So, with no further ado, we're about to welcome Brendan Fajoko, going on his third year with the San Diego Chargers. Well, my bad, the LA Chargers. <laughs> I still do it too. Man, don't 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 ever disrespect like that habit, again. Man. What's up, B? <laughs> Man, what's up, y'all? A pleasure, uh, pleasure for y'all having me on the show on the pod, man. It's a, it's a blessing to be here. Those fans, so I got a Joe Burrow shirt on. That's my guy. I know you want a natty with him. We got, we got Burrow out here, Chase. We got Tyler Shelvin out here. We got Thad Moss out here. So it's it's kind of cool to be able to talk to somebody that was a part of that too. Mm, yeah, great. Yeah, but great you know, unless she was not a great school like that, so uh, I'm a Gamecock. So, you know, even though being a <laughs> national, I can never take that away from him. I can't, I can't take that away from him. I can't take that away from him. I can't. I can't. I can't. No more disrespect. Hey, man. You know, I- So I was praying he would win and stay healthy. When Burrow first showed up on campus, because, you know, that that first year he was there, he wasn't lighting the world on fire like you guys did Mm. that last year. Did you guys know when he got to campus, like, all right, he's that guy. He's one of them. Or, or did it take a while? Because the Ohio State guys, after the fact, now that you know Joe's been doing his thing, they're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, we knew, we knew, yeah. we knew." But I just wondered if did did the guys in the locker room at LSU know when he walked into campus, like that's a guy, that's that's one of them. So you know, Joe was uh, a unique talent because when he first got to LSU, you know, Joe was quiet. Um, he wasn't one of those rah rah guys where it's like, "Hey, listen to me," kind of deal. You know, Joe kind of went about his business like a pro when we were in college and um, you could tell from the first time he got there during summer workouts. I mean, he was first in conditioning, didn't say a word um, lined up first. Every time everybody was dead tires doing one tens in the summer in the hot sun, he was first in line ready to, you know, attack it. And I knew personally, I knew that there was a leadership quality characteristic in Joe Burrow that 
would take this team over the top. And I think with the addition of Joe Brady in, in Joe's second year at, at quarterback, our senior year in 2019, having Joe Brady become our passing game coordinator and, and, and help polish up our, our scheme offensively kind of took us over the top as an offense. You know, we went from a pro style West coast scheme, my junior year to a, to a spread offense, a five out five wide attack. And, and we just air raided everybody that year and we ran the ball really well and it helped out our line and, and who was leading it was Joe Burrow. So um, I for sure knew he had a, had a leadership characteristic quality in him that, that took us over the top. That's awesome to hear, man. I know we're going to talk a lot about offseason work and combine and things like that, but the, the the Bengals fan in me just had to ask that question to somebody that had a firsthand view. I couldn't help myself. With Cincinnati, I can't, I can't, I can't bad mouth for nothing like that. I always have love for the nasty natty, the city in general, man. But um, I was in the stands in there where you were playing. Shoot, why should- when or lose, and I don't, I don't want to dwell in the past. He's still feeling some type of hurt because of the Super Bowl. Like he's been watching film, still watching. Uh. He's not going to tell you again, but he's been watching film, trying to find mistakes, the heartbreak, and 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 you know what I mean. But that's just part of the game. And since we're talking about the heartbreak. Let's do a recap of how you guys' season went out there with the Chargers. I felt like I took a big step in year two compared to year one. Um, Just getting on the field and playing a lot more and having a a more significant role within our defense. Um, Last year, I kind of felt like as a rookie, you know, it was kind of just get thrown on the fire, see what he can do. And for this year, my second year, um, coming into the season, especially in a new scheme, it was kind of just free range. You know, we run a 3-4. It was totally new for everybody going from a 4-3 to a 3-4. And nobody kind of knew what everybody brought to the table. And I felt like even though I started off the year on practice squad, I had polished enough a good foundation to where when I signed up to the active roster for the last half of the season, I knew I was able to execute at a high level. Um, that step from year one to year two is is really more mental than physical. Um, it's more so understanding the game and understanding when you can take your, I don't want to say gambles, but calculated risks as a player to go make those plays you want to make. And it's crazy because when you start understanding the game a lot more and you start understanding how your strengths fit into the scheme and your weaknesses, how you can cover them up within what you do well, then you can become that much of a better player. And I think for us as our team now translating into the Chargers, it was a tough loss, um, the Raiders game to end our season and, and not make the playoffs because we were playing really good football, you know, and sometimes that's just how sports go. You can play really well and the stat that matters, the scoreboard that tallies wins and losses may not be in your favor. And I felt like for most of the games this year we lost, we played really well and almost complete games, you could say. And it's just like the scoreboard didn't go in our favor. But I think that's just a great stepping stone for us, you know, going into year two with Coach Staley and, you know, his staff returning and and the, the personnel department and, and the guys we got coming back, you know, with Justin and 
Keenan and, and whoever they decide to bring in free agents or draft wise, I think we're going to be really well set for this year. I was about to tell you to I elaborate can... a little bit more on your quarterback, on Justin. Is very, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and and um, Lamar Jackson, where they have these unique talents that set them apart. Very different from Joe, right? I played with Joe in college, and I played with Justin my my first two years in the NFL, and I also played with Pat Mahomes, so I got to play with all three quarterbacks. And what Justin and Pat do well is very different from what Joe Burrow does well, right? Pat Mahomes and, and Justin Herbert are very elite, talented, just gifted arm strength, you know, um, just gifted physique for quarterback. I think in a cerebral level, Joe Burrow is kind of more in the, you know, Tom Brady types of, of uh, categories of a quarterback. And then you're looking at, you know, Pat and, and Justin Herbert and Josh Allen is more like the Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees type of quarterback where they're kind of just talented arm strength wise, you know. Um, but Justin, man, playing with him is is like you never you're never down in a game. You know, even though we get behind in games, it's you know you're gonna come back and, and you know that guy gives you a chance to win when he's when he's back up under the center. That that's true with Burrow too, man, because I went to the Bengals Chargers yeah, game I in feel US like, Kansas, I feel Cincinnati. Like... And I was it was weird because I went through all the Andy Dalton years and I'm like, we get down mm. 22, 23. I think you guys got up on the Bengals. I was like, this thing would be over. But with Burrow, we're like, no, nah, we're good. We're in it. And we almost came back and won. I actually, I got COVID at that game. So we lost and I got COVID. <laughs> no, nah, it was a, it was a crazy game because we hopped out <laughs> on the Bengals quick. Right. Um, we got off to like a 21 point. I can't remember what it was. A 17 point lead or something like that. And Usually in the NFL, you get off. Sean will tell you this. You get off to like 21, 28 points, 24 points 20, on a team. I think I believe it's 21. Yeah, 21. You get off to a team like that, they ain't no coming back. You know, especially in the NFL when teams are that good at football and they execute at a high level for four quarters. But, you know, to see that battle between Joe and Justin, I wish we could have seen it again, um, especially in the playoffs or something like that. And then, you know, two weeks later, we're battling the, the Chiefs on Thursday night football, and, and it's Justin versus Pat, and that was a, a game for the ages too. So, you know, you got to get a little good dose of, of the young talent in the AFC this year with the quarterbacks. Yeah, Burrow and, and Herbert are always going to be connected, right, because they're mm -hmm. in the same draft class and they're both, you know, really doing their thing. I'm sick of the comparisons. I, I'm on Twitter, mm -hmm. man, all the time. And I said, I, I, stop comparing Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. I don't care. Yeah. Both dudes are perfect for the teams that they landed in. Uh -huh. That's really what it is. Yeah. No, I, 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 I totally agree because, like, playing with both of them, right, getting to see the guys off the field compared to the quarterbacks they are on the field, it, it, it is really not fair to, to compare the type of athlete they are because both of them are really great athletes and they're really great and at the top of their profession at what they do. You can't compare them because they have different qualities that make them great. You know, it's like comparing LeBron James and and Michael Jordan or or Kobe Bryant and and LeBron James. All great players, but what they bring to the game is very different from each other, right? LeBron James is a much better passer than Kobe Bryant, but Kobe right. Bryant is is a much more efficient scorer 
and a lot more lethal from the mid-range than LeBron James. So you can kind of compare LeBron, I mean, uh, Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan, but you can't really compare Kobe Bryant and LeBron James because of, of what they do is a lot different in their styles of play. And I say that to the likes of Joe and Justin is what they bring to their teams. Like you said, Drew, is, is, this is, this is very true. It is very different. You know, what Joe does for the Bengals suits the Bengals, right? What Justin does for us suits us. You can't put Justin in a Cincinnati scheme and you can't put Joe in our scheme and expect them both to do the same things they've been doing all season. I, I yeah, personally you know agree. what goes so crazy, though? You guys have. Team Allen, uh, Allen, and who's the mm. other receiver? Mike Williams. Guy? Mike Williams. Uh, Williams, right? And, and, and Mike Williams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Offense was was great. You know what I mean. I mm-hmm. just felt like I felt like during the season, your defense kind of let you guys let you guys down. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. On forward, if the defense pick up some of the slack, you guys can be a true contender in the AFC. Even though I'm a Chiefs mm-hmm. guy and yeah, I played them, and that's the division, but that can be. aren't going anywhere and you know you had Brandon Staley come in and and and, you know like I've watched Zach Taylor kind of progress over three years you know these Mm -hmm. dudes are young they've they've got some stuff to learn they're they're great football minds but they've got stuff to learn and Staley's aggressive man he uh, your field goal kicker might not like him I don't know because he's always keeping him Mm -hmm. on the sidelines he's going for it so and you know when you're aggressive like that I personally like it but you know Sometimes those closed games don't go your way if, if you don't get the break that you need with that aggression. So he's he's going to improve too. I've seen him on Pat McAfee. I watch Pat McAfee every day. I like Staley a lot. Dude. That dude is dope. No, he man. You know when, uh, and I I never like to speak on football on social media because it's a conflict of interest in what I do, and I kind of tend to stay away from that a lot. Um, but there's certain things that rub me the wrong way, especially when I see, you know, national media or fans or trolls kind of get the the national attention of social media because they say something that seems popular, but it's very off topic. It's nothing has to do with what's actually going on and they're totally wrong. And so not going to name drop here, but a, a national ESPN analyst, you know, kind of grilled Staley after the Raiders game about the timeout he took. Um and it was third down and, and third down and eight. I can't remember it, but that situation, right? We were in dime defense, and um, what we had to do was we had to figure out a way to get a stop. And Staley took a timeout. He put a better personnel in. He put Penny in where, you know, we had a, a six-man box, and it's just manipulated a certain way to to run nickel but out of a bigger personnel. And we couldn't get a stop, and that's on the players. It's nothing on the coach. It's nothing on the personnel. It just comes down to winning your one-on-one matchup and, and getting a stop when it counts. And, and we couldn't do that as players. And so when I see national media, when I see fans, when I see – you know, trolls try to, you know, grill a coach or a player. And, and I know what goes on. I'm not going to sit behind the scenes and let it go because I know when it comes to accountability, I'm a guy that takes accountable uh, accountability for my actions. And, and that's like, no, it's not on the coach. That's on us. That's on us players. We didn't get a stop. 
the Raiders outplayed us when they needed to, and, and they won, and they played in the, in the playoffs, deservingly so. Yeah, it's very easy for – and, you know, that's why I like doing this show, talking to, to Sean and you to, to get a player's perspective because it's very easy for a guy like me sitting on my couch watching the game to be like, oh, that was a stupid play call. But really, if the left tackle gets his block, mm. that play works, and whoever the coach we're talking about is a genius, mm. you know, because he went for it on fourth and one at his own 30, but he got the playoff because the left tackle hit his block this time. Mm. So it, it is very – to see it from the angle that you guys see it in, it's definitely a lot different. And it's easy for us from the outside to pop on our phones and get on Twitter and yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it, it, what it does for especially fans is, is Twitter gives a, a mental escape. Right. And I'm guilty of it too. When it comes to the NBA, like I told you, Drew and Sean knows this, I'm a huge NBA guy and, and I've been a, a basketball fan since I was a kid. And what Twitter does and what social media does for us is it allows us to give a mental escape from reality of what's actually happening. And it allows us to connect with others that are kind of going through the same thing. And we kind of just kind of, you know, indulge in, in what's not going on to kind of develop a reality of that never happened. But let's make something good of the bad that happened and, and let's do it together. So I think that's no what doubt. social media does for sports. And, and it's good in a certain way when it comes to the reality of things. But um, I think it, it can be really harmful to, you know, just the understanding and, and the logics of understanding the game as a concept and whether it's football, baseball, basketball, um, just getting that mental escape on, on, on Twitter can be very dangerous <laughs> for fans. Yeah. I, I got a decent little Twitter following and I, I, I get it's getting a feeling sometimes. I mean, even, Drew gets in his feelings sometimes, you know. If you watch his tweets, sometimes he's getting in his feelings. But that's just that's. <laughs> hey, I now suck too, so I can't really, I can't get on there and say too much <laughs> about it. But you, no, I'm just saying you, 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 you right about how 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 fans are, and it's like. They don't know the call. They don't know the scenario, situation. We as players prepare and what coaches say because we do mm. in live game situations, situations like on Fridays mm. when you're going through the walkthrough and everything. This situation, if this come up, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. So you guys already mm-hmm. know. Mm. That situation. Mm-hmm. And when you have that, you, you, you're good for that. Yeah, no, totally right. It's, it's just crazy, though, because the trolls sometimes, guys hide behind that keyboard. Mm. You know what I mean? They do it for attention. They do mm. it for a lot See, of attention. You know what I mean? That's that's why yeah. I don't mind. See, I got, I, I got my real name. My Twitter ad is just at Drew Garrison. It's me. I got my picture. I stand behind what I say, but I will say I do get my feelings a little bit sometimes because I pour my heart and soul into that team. I, if you saw the, the, the orange van with the black stripes that I drive around on game days and all the time and money, I got signed bingo stuff all over this room. I put my heart into it. So I do. I, mm. Twitter can make you a prisoner of the moment. Mm. Mm, I like that. I really I like that saying a lot. Talk about the Bengals. I'll say we like we got to win next week. They'll be like, oh, they'll be like, oh, we. I didn't know you were on the team.
in my eyes, I'm like a unpaid practice squad punter. <laughs> that, that's, that's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. In the NFL and and you get into your first offseason, you're like, geez, I have all this time on my hand. And and you feel like after getting into such a rhythm and, and such a intense schedule throughout the year, you start to be like, I got to keep doing stuff. I, I got to do this. I got to get on this. You know, I, I got to continuously work out. But I think it's it's very crucial um, that I was able to get some rest, just more mental than physical after the season was done um mentally just be able to just reset shut down and and kind of get my body and my mind and spiritually my brain just to get back to functioning you know what needed to function best and um this offseason has been great I mean I got to you know uh put a gym in my house and and be able to work out here and, and be able to you know spend more time with the family and be able to be home more and that's one thing I wanted to focus on this season this offseason was just be home be more in the moment you know, appreciate what I have and and try to soak in every opportunity I have to just do what I can do and, and relax and, and attack the grind when I need to. Because once you start to build up and once you start to, you know, get into the, the vibe of I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to do this and I got to keep up with that, you burn out over time. And I don't think it's it's good for just any athlete to be intensively 24-7 on that physical grind because it'll beat you down and if you're a, a a constant competitor you never know when to tell yourself no and i think that's a huge right. thing that's that's been with with me this off season but it's been good man just cooking a lot you know getting to work out and, and hitting the peloton with sean every now and then and and whooping them in some bike races but it's been good though i i don't have a peloton i gotta i, knew, I gotta I knew, cheat i knew he was gonna bring that up i knew he was gonna bring that up for a rookie yeah it's it was tough because covid year and, and like for me you can't really compare the covid year and this year because they're just two different years and and two yeah. different uh, leagues of its own um covid year it's, it's very different because we had otas and you know we had online meetings all year and the first time i got to see my teammates was in training camp compared to this past year where um in 2021 I'm out in LA from April to June, you know, OTAs, mandatory mini camp, getting to know my teammates and then coming back to see them for training camp. So it was different, but I kind of like both. I'm a little positive for, you know, either or, and it's tomato, tomato, whatever, you know, the NFL wants to do. I'm, I'm all for it, but uh, I think teams benefited from having both the COVID year and 2021 to know that we could learn and do uh, from both. into his third year he gets a real offseason to just work on getting better as a football player mm, yeah no same i agree i think it it's helping a lot of guys especially a lot of the rookies that are going through the rookie wall that they wore last year in, in you know our class the, the 2020 covid class um just having this full offseason getting it under their belt uh getting back into the groove of things and developing a consistent schedule for the offseason is going to be huge
get it the first time. They went through it the before the first time this year. So now I feel like they can settle in and things will be a little bit more normal. And I'm looking forward to that for everybody because mm. I got teams I hate. I got teams I want to go 0-17. Don't get me wrong, but I want everybody to have a fair chance and be healthy mm. at the same time too. Yeah. No, same. Uh, you you want the you want the best level of competition for everybody because um, that's the product the fans pay for. Um, that's the product the, the the owners pay for, and and that's the product the coaches you know they coach for is elite talent competing at a high level for four quarters for seventeen regular season games and four or five playoff games. So um, it's, yeah, and it's that's great. why like. With COVID this year, even this year, you know, like Cleveland got decimated by COVID. Baltimore mm-hmm. got decimated by COVID. I, you know, those are teams in the Bengals division. I want them to lose, but I, I don't want to see anybody lose like that. Like, I know guys get hurt, they get injured, but when COVID, something you can't control any more than an injury, but it's, you know, it, it's changed the whole world and it takes out 25 guys from a roster. Like, no disrespect to anybody in the league, but if I'm watching the Ravens, and Lamar Jackson's out for COVID. I'm not really as into it. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, and that's mm-hmm. that's not a knock on anybody, but you just you know teams have their starters, teams have you know their 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 number one guys, and I I, I never liked seeing that for any team, even though you know Cleveland losing a bunch of games when they were beat up because of COVID helped the mm-hmm. Bengals win the division. But I still didn't like it because I'd rather just you know let let's line them up. Who's the best of the best? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I'm I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you because then you start to to get all these uh, asterisk marks <laughs> at the end of the season and, and people are yeah. like, oh, yeah, I they didn't have that. they didn't have this guy or that. or these guys I, were on COVID. And so, you know, uh, you just want a fair game. You want everybody to be healthy and, and you want guys to just be able to compete with each other. Absolutely, man. I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I think that you know it's starting to subside, which is good for the world, obviously. But um, it'll it'll be it'll be probably better for players too. It'll it'll be better for players too, just because you know it's just you can't control it. You could walk into work one day, getting ready to play the biggest game of your life, and they swab your nose and you got it and you can't play. Like that's got to be heartbreaking. I was speaking with to a little bit more detail, but I'm not sure who all goes to the combine. I don't really get too big into the combine personally. Nah, man, only only the uh, only the big time. Guys Did you just ask? You just. Big time guys, combine. It's, it's good to get invited to the combine. Don't get me wrong. Pro day. Let's talk about that too, though, B. Let's talk about that too. B. B didn't even have a pro day. Mm. Yeah, did not have one. It's a, a rare anomaly of what I had to go through. <laughs> 
And I admire that because I've t- I talked to Sean on the episode last week. You know, he's like, mm. I didn't get a convite invite. I didn't get drafted, but he turned a 10 year career out of it. And mm. I-, I like to watch guys that do that because it's, it probably would have been easy for you to be like, I didn't get a pro day. I didn't get a combine invite. I didn't get drafted. I'm going to go sell insurance. You know what mm. I mean? But I like the guys that keep working on their craft. They keep grinding and you've able to, you know, you're able to find a, a role on a team that's up and coming and-, and the sky's the limit there. I like those stories better than I like the guys that, you know, or handed the keys to the league the moment that Roger Goodell hands him a jersey. Yeah, man, it's a it's a marathon, not a race. You know, that's the best way I like to look at it. No doubt. Well, you tell you about the game, but since day one, since you came to Team Sports Agency, I've been 100 with you, very transparent, and everything I told you has happened. Mm. I gave B I gave B the blueprint. I had my OG that got me right, ended up being his coach his rookie year. And it's been so sky's the limit, Drew. Like when people Fahoko's gonna be one of the top nose tackles in the NFL. You know what I mean? He's improved his game. He worked hard. Like you say, he had the gym, just all put the gym in his house this offseason. I give him a hard time all the time, but I love him because he's always working, he's trying to better himself, not just as a player, but off the field, overall as a man, and just trying to do everything as, as you, you know, what he want to do in life and be a successful NFL player. Yeah, and like I said, man, I love I, I love the guys that, that just keep their nose to the grindstone and, and keep going. And I don't know if it's tampering or not, but, you know, keep working. Maybe the contract comes up, you wear orange and black, and you get back with some of your LSU friends. It's not tampering for me. I'm just a fan. I just threw I just threw it out there. Let Mike Brown home work. You know what I mean? So it's like, hey, not tampering, but I mean B thinks he's a pass rusher too, you know. So I think B thinks he's gonna try to get about five, six sacks season. Hey, the Bengals need that. They need somebody behind Reader to rush the passer. We'll see how that All right, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. (laughs) To prove your worth in this league, man. So, um, but there's no reason. There's no reason that you can't, man. Like mm -hmm. you know, you you didn't go to LSU by accident. You know, when LSU was at the top of his game, you you know, you you weren't on that team by accident. You have God given ability. It sounds like from what Sean's saying, you work and work and work. Yeah. Like so, you have everything that you need, and I, that's why I, I like to follow those stories. Like I said, more than the guys like that just come in and they say, "Oh, this is the next," you know, "This is the next Tom Brady." This is the next. Who's <laughs> now? I like the guys that that really grind for it. So it's really cool to get a chance to talk to you and kind of see that side of it mm-hmm. from from me as somebody that's just I've jumped into trying to be in like you know the sports media world in the last year. For free agency, everybody knows it all starts at the combine. The owners are sitting there talking, they're getting boozed up, they're talking about trades, they're talking about where Aaron Rodgers is gonna go and all that stuff. So all the all the deals that you're gonna yeah, see great. unfold here in the next couple, you know, weeks in free agency or the draft, a lot of that stuff starts in Indianapolis. You're exactly right, because there was a lot of that going on.
are basically, you know, it's, it's, that's, that's a really true tampering. But the combine is not just for the players that's participating. It's also for the agents and the coaches. Also, guys network, try to, you know, job hunting. I mean, guys get off of jobs at the combine. Um, you see guys. Plug me in, man. Fired. The Bengals signing some linemen or what? The Bengals linemen? I'm just saying you're out here. You got ears to the ground. You're working the streets. Uh, all these deals are happening. The Bengals signing some offensive linemen, please. Uh, I'll tell you like this. I know the Bengals is out there looking for a center right now. Word, that's the word I heard around, you know, the combine. You know what I mean? I'm just telling you just a little word I heard, though. But, you know. <laughs> um, Let's transition real quick. B, what quick couple of questions I got for you, B? A couple quick questions for you. What is your favorite food? Mm, fried chicken. From Popeye's. Popeye's fried chicken thighs. Yeah. Hey, I just got one. They just built a Popeye's about five minutes from my house. Hey, that red okay, beans so and rice? So basically, you don't like uh, Rudy's. Uh, what's out there in Cali? What's, what, what's a good chicken place in Cali? Roscoe's? Roscoe's chicken and waffle. But that's different chicken, though. That's like. That chicken is like made as a side chicken. It's not really like a main course type of like I'm gonna go here and get that fried chicken. Like people go to Popeyes, go get some fried chicken. People go to mm, KFC okay, okay, Church's okay. chicken, you know, get some fried. That's like fancy chicken so at Roscoe's. Go, you ain't gonna go get the fried chicken from Golden Corral? No, ain't nobody eating that no Golden Corral, man. That's nasty. I thought they went out of business. So you To go for team bonding events at Golden Corral, bro. So stop yeah, acting that's... Like, stop acting like you don't. You know what I mean? Don't get Hollywood on your boy now. That's why. Hey, I, that's the... why all the old heads look three sixty now because like that Golden Corral they was eating. Back <laughs> hey, some of the best fried chicken I've ever eaten is in a gas uh, in a gas station. Random gas food. station. I stunned him with that one. The gas station fried chicken stunned him. I think. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't ready for that. I, I, I've had some good food now at, at gas stations, whether it's been taquitos, like chili dogs. Don't get the chili, though. Just the, the hot dog is, is just like pure beef, though. But some chicken wings. I've had some good chicken wings at a, at a gas station in Louisiana, like five minutes from the school, too. It was dangerous. Oh, yeah. Louisiana's like that. Dangerous fried chicken. It's greasy. It's, it's greasy. When you put it in a bag, in that brown bag, like you see the grease at the bottom of it, that's when you know you got good chicken. That's when you know you got some good <laughs> fried chicken. You know what I mean? So, B, do you cook fried chicken at home? Do you not cook it at home? That's that's the only thing I can't do is I can't fry foods. I'll bake it. I'll grill it. I'll smoke it. But I can't fry food. I just – I'll I've never been a fan of frying it myself, so I've always got fried food, <laughs> you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, makes I, sense. I can't cook either, man. Lazy. I get it. That that ain't lazy. It ain't lazy. If I want to go get some fried chicken, I want it to be done right. I'm gonna go to Popeyes where they don't mess up that skin extra crispy. Hey, look, man, you can make <laughs> you can make the fried chicken at home, man. 
Get that grease. Get that grease. Nah, man. You get that grease. Put it in a nice frying pan, bro. You get the flour out, season it right, and put it in a flour. Put it in a bag. Shake it up a little bit, and drop them thighs inside them thighs and legs inside the pan, man. Let that grease move. Can't get the grease too dark. You want to brown, not too high, just medium. And you know what I mean? You flip it, flip it, flip it, flip it, flip it, flip it. And next thing you know, boy, it's got that brown, nice, tender, crispy on it, man. I'm going to have to come over there and cook over there one day, man. Come on, sure man. Shit, we're going to Sean's house. Come, yeah. Come, well, nah, you should house. see what B cooked today. You should, you should see what B cooked today. You go follow his story. And you see he, he, him and his kid named uh, Khalil McKenzie that played for Baltimore. They both think they... They big and they both think they chef boy these around here. They really think they can cook, man. So, hey, you know what we should do, bro? We should have a cook off one day. The big fellas have a cook off. I'm with That'd it. That'd be a nice I'll, little event, bro. I'll, I'll be it. the official judge. I'm not biased at all. I don't know. Like, you know, I haven't met those dudes. I'll be non biased. You'll be non biased. You just want to eat too. That's all. You just want to eat. Yeah. And drink beer. Hey, I'm on a. I'm on a diet right now, man. I'm down like 10 pounds, so I like to think about food right now more than I can actually eat it. I'm trying to still continue to lose weight. Hey, I, I'm, on a, I'm doing a low-carb thing, though, and you know what's low-carb? I ate 20 lemon pepper wings from Wingstop earlier. Man, lemon, hey, look, lemon pepper's overrated, though. I ain't going to lie to you, Drew. Like, oh, come on, man. Bone in? Yeah, bone in. <laughs> he's Sean know what I'm talking about lemon pepper is just like bro that's one of the things that don't like you can put <laughs> buffalo look, you can put buffalo mild you can put uh, honey garlic you can put Cajun dry rub you can do all these other wing combinations but lemon pepper is not good on wings and I, it's just it's nasty bro man maybe you should just stay with the chargers I don't know look <laughs> <laughs> Paper is not just bad. I ain't gonna say it. it may be a little bit overrated. Maybe because Rick Ross rapped about it so much and got it stocked investing in it. But lemon pepper is not. That's bad, how I found I out about Wingstop. Or dry rub. Sometimes I just lemon pepper would do. Sometimes they overseason it too, though. If you get too much overseasoned lemon pepper, it doesn't taste right. Do lemon me a pepper. favor and get lemon pepper from Wingstop. It is top tier. It is elite. So you got to get right, man. The Joe Burrow of lemon pepper wings. <laughs> RB, we're gonna have to be gonna have to start a debate on uh on, on Twitter about that, man. I will. I'm you know me, I always get I always get my uh my fans and my followers interacted. They they always get riled up. Yeah, I followed you on there today. I'm looking forward to that. Okay, appreciate it, Drew. I'm gonna go ahead and, and hit the follow back. Hey man, it's just Bengals rants. That's really all it yeah, is. Yeah, Drew, but don't I'm telling you right now, Drew. Drew, don't 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 do not do not. Talk about your bangles to him because all he's gonna do is just laugh. Okay, he's just gonna laugh. <laughs> That's all he's gonna see on my page. He's a, he's a diehard. He's a diehard Chargers fan. I don't know just because he plays for them or growing up on that side of the West Coast. You know what I mean? Yeah. Man, man, my, I, hey, my well, job has competitors, but my job is my favorite because they send my paycheck every Thursday. Come on, man! I have <laughs> that, that throwback LT Junior say out jersey in the. In the pen since I was a kid, man. Come on now. Man, hey, I have never seen the Bengals beat the Chargers. All right. My first one, Bengals were up 28 to nothing at halftime. LT scored like five touchdowns in the end zone, right yes, by where I was. I played sitting. in that game. I played in that game. I'm gonna tell you how bad that game was. We were tackle his game. ass, Sean. I remember, 
it was so bad because I remember LT threw the ball at his O line one time during that game. Mad because he couldn't get nothing in the first half. Next thing you know, second half they demolish us. They demolish us. We were up, yeah. I think we was up twenty one or twenty eight. One of that we was. It was twenty eight. I remember like it was yesterday. We was beat. We was was killing them. I was like thirteen or something, maybe younger. We lost the game, and we lost the game. We should have won. Yeah. Hey, you remember when Ocho Cinco did this? The Sean Merriman dance after the touchdown because Ocho Ocho turned his ass up that day. He had like a franchise record. He did the Sean Merriman because Sean Merriman was suspended. So Ocho's out there. I'll, ne- I'll never forget that. I went to that game with my dad. Crazy. Right and then yeah, I went man. to the playoff oh, game. Phillip Rivers did yeah. us in. Yes, he did. He did do he did do us in. That's and then I went to this last year. Why you don't like Phil? Uh, Phillip used to talk so much trash. It was just like Dude, I will beat the shit out of you. Relax, man. Yeah, you know. I don't trust any dude that doesn't cuss. I don't yeah, trust like, anybody that can't cuss in the NFL. Oh, frick you! Like, no, <laughs> man. Like, he's like, oh yeah, I don't cuss. I, I, I don't believe that shit. <laughs> well, one thing about it, I used to think he was a fraud at first, but then realized that that's really how that's who he is. Mm. Certain guys, that's who they really are. At the end of the day, that's who they'd they have him are. mic'd up. They'll have Tom Brady mic'd up and they're bleeping it, F bomb this. And he's Philip Rivers over there at his offensive line, like, gosh darn it. I'm like, man, this is weird. I don't know. He's professional. What's wrong with him being professional? <laughs> it just strikes me as weird, man. But I'm I'm a foul mouth dude. Like, I clean it up on here, but I'm a, I'm a foul mouth dude. So maybe it's just how I am. I'm a foul mouth dude. I don't give two rats ass. Hey, calls me and throw a film and. That up, B. You play like shit. I B be riding a high horse sometime, and he's he's up here, and I bring B right back down here. Sometimes I think he think I'm mad at him, but no, I just want him to be great. I never want him. That's what Big Brother does. Never. That's what Big Brother does. Yeah, Sean's real tough love, tough love, but he's made me a lot better the past two years, and then even two when I was in college too. So a lot of growth comes from being tough and and actually taking constructive criticism you know yeah you take a playoff or, or you mess up you don't want the guy that's gonna be like oh it's all right you did great you want the guys to be like hey man this is what and and you know obviously sean you don't play 10 years in the league if you don't know what you're talking about so you know to take his opinion as you know as, as something that matters and that's how i am with people because i got flag football and Wee football trophies here man i'm a coaching legend around here if people just listen to me we'll be all right hmm. <laughs> i'm just playing man i am completely joking about that hey, I mean, <laughs> no, he, he, he's pot one. He's the pot one on coach. He's got a nice little team. Anyway, you know, that's cool. We're gonna go ahead and transition one more time on this last transition. Transition before we let B go, man. But yeah, I need your take on March Madness. Who do you have winning the NCAA tournament? I like. I really like Baylor a lot. Side. On the men's side, I like Baylor a lot, especially. Um, I watched them close out against Iowa State uh, yesterday or the day before. I can't remember. Um, I also like Texas Tech as low-key um, dark horses. It's just March Madness, I feel like, without Big 12 basketball, um, isn't as electric as you'd like it. I mean, you have your Gonzaga. You have your Loyola. You have your all, all these you know good teams. But I think the Big 12 has become like the SEC of – of football it's become the sec in basketball the big 12 you know it's like the dominant and it's like the it factor and 
I like Oklahoma and Texas Tech, especially in March Madness. Two good teams. I mean, uh, Baylor and Texas Tech. Man, I'm a Duke fan. I cannot believe they let Coach K walk out of Cameron Indoor for the last time with a loss to North Carolina loss. last night. Oh, that hurt. That hurt. That's, uh, that's tough. That's, yeah, but North Carolina's not a bad team, though, to be honest with you. That, yeah, yeah, I get rivalry. that. That's a, long, that's a long time rivalry. That is like, when you look at most of the players that came through the NBA, they either went to Duke, Duke or North Carolina back in the day, back in my. Mm. my yeah, 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 yeah. That's the James Worthy's, the Mac. The magic uh, era of guys. Um, it's going to be an interesting tournament. It's going to be an interesting tournament. I'm just glad it's going to be back and normal because you know they canceled it the first year when COVID hit. And I'm in I'm in Dayton, Ohio. UD was good that year. I think I think the Dayton Flyers had a good chance. And like I'm not going to claim to be a huge UD fan, but my dad works security at the arena down there, so he'll sneak me into some games and. You know, I, I wanted them to do well. I felt like they got robbed. And then last year they had like the weird bubble thing with no fans. So I'm yeah. I, I'm ready to see a packed March Madness again because that's the best, man. You you put on March Madness at noon on Tuesday when it starts, and you just don't turn it off. Don't turn it off. You know, full crowds. I, I'm ready to see all that back. So I'm, I'm glad that it's back to just a normal, real tournament now. I was really I was really looking forward to watching the the COVID year they canceled. I really wanted to see Michigan State that year. Um. The uh, Cassius dude, the point guard they had that year. Oh yeah, State. Uh, he was he was tearing it up that year, and they canceled it, man. And then to see like the tears on those guys' faces, dude, it was crazy. I, I, that was my dark horse that year for for March Madness. What about what about Illinois? They got the big dominant player, big Kofi. Kofi Coburn, I, I think like he's good. Kofi. I like Illinois. I like Illinois I, to do some damage in, in March Madness. I think. Uh, I think Kofi Coburn is is a really good player. Yeah. But I, last year he uh he got exposed a little bit yeah, against Kofi, Luka Gar Luka Kofi's Garza good. He's, from uh, he's, up for, he's, up, he's up for the Big Ten Player of the Year. So I mean he's 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 a good he's a good he's a good player. They got a good squad. They they they're supposed to be the favorites, one of the favorites. But we shall yeah. see. I'm like riding with Loyola, Loyola Chicago. S Sister, uh, what's her name? Uh, I can't remember her name. The 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 nun lady that comes yes. to all the games, Sister Jean, maybe. Sister Jean, Sister Jean, that's her. Hey, eventually it's gonna pay off when your sixth man is God. <laughs> yeah, you ain't missing much shots then. <laughs> hey, it's funny to say that every time I every time I no, every time I see her and everything, I always think of Sister Act. Every time I think of Sister <laughs> Act when, when I see her, because it's like, man, the nun is on this side again. All. Yeah, everything. I was like, oh, I'm just waiting for her to break out and dance. You know what I mean? Oh. But they like playing like Notre Dame. Ah, that'd be tough. That'd be tough, man. That'd be tough. Well, B, we ain't going to hold you too much long, man. We appreciate you coming out today, B, and um, joining us. Um, we'd like to have you on again later on as you get further in the offseason, after you get into OTAs, before training camp or something, have you come back on and just – Discuss the whole off season and talk about the draft and see what see what's going on, man. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I I appreciate Drew Sean Sean. I mean, you like a big brother to me, Drew. You're a friend now, so um, it's always a pleasure meeting new people and and always getting to come on and just talk ball and talk about what I love to do and and just get to be comfortable in front of one another. I think uh, I think people deserve to hear this kind of stuff and um, appreciate y'all for having me on the pod, man. It was a, it was a pleasure. Yeah, man. Pleasure to meet you. And, you know, I'm going to root it. I'm going to root for you against 30 teams in the league now. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, man. Have a good evening. Appreciate you, Drew. All right, Sean. That was All a good right. conversation, man. That was really cool. I, I, I'm cool. I'm glad that I was yeah. able to be a part of that. Man, I told you, man, we're gonna have big things going on on our show, and then we can also start featuring guys on on your other on the other show too, though. Um, but man, it was combine like we did. Recap for Hoko off season. Talk a little chicken, you know, for sure. <laughs> yeah, you know, you got your you got your one liners in about your bangles. You know what I mean? You, you even got. <laughs> I can't help it, Drew. You ain't bothering me. Come on, you're a diehard man. You're a diehard, <laughs> and you always worried about your team. Any intel you can get, you want. There's nothing wrong with that. That's that's just great. I'm gonna end you with this. You're gonna get a center. I don't know if you're gonna draft one or if you're gonna go in and free agency. You might do both. You might do both. But I know that team needs things to help them get better. And win, and, you know, try to repeat to get back to the Super Bowl. So let's see what happens. Let's Absolutely. See what happens. Now, let's see what happens. Now, I don't know. I don't know if you know him or not, but Pac Man Jones, um, I, I, I talk to Pac Man every now and then on Instagram. Like, you know, we're not friends or nothing, but we talk. He says that there's an offer on the table for Ryan Jensen, the center from uh, Tampa. He said that they've already talked dollars. He's, he's calling his <laughs> shot, saying Jensen's going to be the center next year. Now that's that's cool with me, but that that's the word that he's putting uh, out. So it's it's a rumor because Jensen have about four teams that's ready for him that wants him. I think the Titans want him. Uh, I forgot who the other teams. Are. I heard a little buzz around around the combine about that. You never know. You know what I mean? Some teams don't have the budget to pay the cap space to pay Jensen a big contract either. Too. We got plenty. We got so plenty. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be now that the combine is over. It's going to be interesting to see how free agency hits. You know what I mean? That's going when when teams are free, no, but it's not. I know you guys got a lot of money to cap. But my thing is, once these guys hit the free agency, right? We're going to see what really wants to see what they do in free agency to let you know what really happens. You know what I mean? And yeah, yeah. The the way free really agency happens. unplays will tell you how a team's probably about to attack the draft. We'll have yep. to get in there, man. We'll have to get in here fresh off of free agency and all the no, big signings man. and news. Thanks for being a great co-host, Drew. Thanks again, everybody out there, ladies and gentlemen, for just listening to the Sean Smith with three point three point stands with Sean Smith and Drew Garrison, man. We try to keep you up to date with the latest and the hottest trends and the latest and hottest players. You know what I mean? So another great episode three recorded today. Look forward to it and check us out, man. Yes, sir, man. Have a good night. I will uh, be excited to get back in here. Hopefully, man, talk to, talk to B again. He was super cool, man. It was awesome to meet him. So thanks for, for letting me be involved in that, man. So you have a good evening, and we'll uh, we'll see you guys here next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.